This is Sun Creek Radio, where your spirit comes to shine. And now, here's your host, Steve Lindbergh. Hey, hello everybody. Welcome to Sun Creek Radio. We're here talking to uh, Pastor Barry Hughes today. One thing I love about Sun Creek Radio is you can listen to it in your car, on your way to work, on your way home from work. You can listen to it when you're getting ready. It's a, it's a fluid thing, so listen to it when, when it's convenient for you. But thanks for being here, Pastor Barry. And sure. We have, we have some uh, good questions, and I, I, there's some things that I'm curious about. And a lot of people probably know this about you, but I, don't, I, I haven't heard your story as to how you started as you know, a kid growing up as a Baptist in Arkansas, and now you're a Methodist pastor in Texas. And I'm just curious, how, how did that transition happen, or how, how did you uh, make that transition? Well, it's great to be here, and it's uh, great to chat with you. And uh, I was very lucky. I grew up in a wonderful uh, Christian home in Arkansas. My mother and father were both very, very committed Christians and church folk. Uh, my mother's father was a Baptist minister, and he was the pastor of the church that I grew up in uh, in the 1940s uh, through the 1950s. And he retired the year uh, that I was born, but he was still a big, uh, big character and a big figure in the life of that church. He had been a very popular and very uh, successful pastor. Did he still go to church there after he retired? He did not. He retired and moved away, uh, moved out toward Lake Washita out in the country. So I do have memories of going and hearing him preach when I was a little boy. And uh, we had very different styles. He, I can remember sitting by my mother uh, and father at this little church way out in the woods. And uh, my grandfather got up there and he read the scripture out of the Bible, and then he put his Bible down. He took his jacket off and threw it over the pulpit chair, and then he just started walking back and forth, screaming at the top of his lungs. <laughs> and I remember punching my mom on the arm saying, what's Grandpa so mad about? She said, he's not mad. He's just preaching. Well, uh, I'd never heard anybody preach like he was, that. He was just bringing it. Huh? He was bringing it. That was his <laughs> style, that old hellfire and damnation kind of style of preaching. Uh, and the preacher that I had grown up with uh, was very soft-spoken and very conversational person. So that was uh, very eye-opening to me. So where, where do you fit? Are you somewhere in between, or where, where would you say you I think you fit? I'm more on the conversational uh, side. I, I tried um, in my early days to be one of those thundering uh, pastors, but I just couldn't pull it off. It was not <laughs> my, <laughs> wasn't my personality uh-huh. or my gift. But... Uh, I think because of the church I grew up in and my family, uh, I became very interested in uh, faith and in my relationship with God at a very early age uh, and was baptized, made a profession of faith and was baptized when I was in early elementary school. And then by the time I was a teenager, I was uh, considering whether I was called to be in the ministry. And so... Do you remember that moment? Do you was there a a feeling or or a moment that you remember feeling called? 
No, you know, it's more just uh, as I grew up, I, I was a church kid. I was always at the church. I mean, the pastor used to have to send me home so he could go home. I loved being around the church. And so I just began thinking, God, wouldn't it be great if I was lucky enough to get to be a preacher like Brother Bill? That would be so fun. And uh, so I started talking to my parents about it. And they talked with me and prayed with me about it. And then uh, they made an appointment for me to go talk to the pastor a few times. And we talked about that. So over a period of a couple of years, it really became clear to me that that's what I wanted to do. Was that early high school, later high school? I was 15 or so. Uh, I was, when I was 16, I was licensed to preach by my home church. So I started early. And uh, just consider myself very lucky. And so by the time I graduated high school, I was working in church as uh, as a youth director, as a music director, as different things as I put myself through college and uh, then through seminary. When I graduated college, I went to Fort Worth, the Southwestern Baptist Seminary. Um, and while I was at seminary, I had a wonderful time, a great experience. But by the time I finished, I realized that I was a really good Methodist. Um, and I say that because my father's side of the family were all Methodists. Oh, interesting. And had been Methodists way back. Uh, but my grandfather would only marry my mom and dad if he promised to come to the Baptist church and raise his grandkids in the Baptist church. Oh, so my dad thought my mother was well worth that, and so he became a Baptist and was ordained a deacon and served very faithfully uh, till the day he died in in the Baptist church. So, did you when you were a kid? Did you go to Methodist church with that side of the family at all? Did did you have some connection with family members uh, at all? I'm I think we went to like my cousin's confirmation and things like that, but not much because we were so involved in our church. My mother and my father both taught and. Um, my mother was a musician, did things at the church. So, yeah. so then you're in Fort Worth, and somehow you realized Methodist might be the better angle so or, I or flavor. It kind of fit me. That's kind of where I was, uh, where I was being called, and so I decided that I would go back to uh, to seminary. I would go to Dallas, go from Fort Worth to Dallas, and go to Perkins School of Theology at SMU. Uh, so I would be a, an official United Methodist pastor. Uh, I remember calling my parents to tell them that I'd made that decision. And um, I was wondering how they would take it and what they would say. And my mother uh, answered the phone. I said, I just want you and dad to know that I've made up my mind. I'm starting uh, seminary again in January. I'm going to the Methodist uh, seminary in Dallas, and I'm going to be a United Methodist pastor. And my mother just started laughing. She had this great laugh. And I said, what's so funny? And she said, well, just the other night, your dad and I were sitting here talking and your dad said, I wonder when Barry Earl is going to figure out he's a good Methodist. <laughs> so they were as thrilled as they could be. And one of the things that happened at seminary when I was in my last semester at the Baptist seminary, uh, Melody was in her first semester there. And so I met my wife in Fort Worth at uh, Broadway Baptist Church in Sunday school. 
And uh, we ended up being married and had been married almost 34 years now. So, so then she had to convert to be a Methodist. She had to convert kind to be a Methodist. Kind of the opposite of your parents. <laughs> but she had grown up in Southern California in the American Baptist Church, which the Methodist Church is more uh, like the American Baptist Church than the Southern Baptist Church is like the American Baptist Church. Okay. The style of service and the thing. So it was not a huge uh-huh. uh, change uh, for her. So I went through uh, Perkins. And were I people st- surprised when you said, hey, I'm leaving the Baptist? You, you talked to your parents, but were there other people who were surprised by that? Uh, you know, I don't think so. People were support. People who love you are supportive of you. And they, um, I think they were uh, glad that I was still in the ministry. You know, it wasn't like I was leaving something that they thought I had been called to. I was changing the the church that I'm functioning in as a pastor. So people were good. People were good about it. So when you went to SMU, was it what you expected? Did you realize right away, hey, these are my people and this is my church? I did. It was one of those wonderful moments. That was the best decision I ever made was going to the school. And it it was very eye-opening and wonderful uh, experience. Uh, I'm glad that I had, I think it served me well to have the experience of training in both uh, a Baptist theological school and a United Methodist theological school because in the places I've served in Louisiana in the South and now Texas, um, those traditions tend to merge together a lot, you know, and I understand the language of wherever anyone is coming from, whether they're from the more Baptist side or from the more uh, Methodist side. So I don't consider that uh, a loss or a waste at all. I think it's been one of the things that's really uh, helped me in my ministry. And then Pastor Milton kind of has that on the Catholic side. Yes. So you guys cover a wide range here. We've got it. We, you, yeah. <laughs> we cover the whole thing. It's great. Right. So did you have mentors back then? Did you in the Baptist church? And then did you still, were they still mentors of yours? Uh, and then you kind of probably got some new mentors at the Methodist church? Yeah. The best, you know, I was very fortunate. The best mentor or, or role model I ever could have had was my pastor at my home church. Uh, Bill Philiber was his name, William Philiber. We called him Brother Bill. And he was my pastor from second grade through junior year in high school. And he was a model pastor. And I still find myself realizing I do a lot of things the way I do it because that's the way he did it. Uh, He was just a loving, caring person. He loved to meet new people and bring them into the church. He loved children and youth. He knew us. He knew our names. He knew what we were interested in in school. So he really formed and shaped uh, what I think a pastor is supposed to be in the life of the church. And then in the uh, United Methodist Church, uh, when I was a um, seminarian, uh, I was assigned an in. Uh, an internship mentor pastor who I ended up working for uh, as as his associate pastor for a few years, uh, Jimmy Finley. And Jimmy Finley was just another model pastor. He was just uh, magnificent in his work. And he and I developed a very close friendship uh, that continues to this day. Uh, he's um, 80 now. 
we still talk on the phone and uh, uh, still keep up with each other. He believed in me and gave me opportunities uh, to preach right off the bat and to preach every week and to do all kinds of things that really let me grow and discover my gifts. He just loved his folks, no pretense about it, and uh, and I just learned what it meant to to really have a pastor's heart for the people that you serve, and not just people in your church, but the people in your community. He didn't see any boundary between his church and the larger city his church was in. If somebody lived in that town, they were in his parish, and he did whatever they needed, whatever he could. part of his flock, huh? Part of his flock. And And you're still part of his flock. I still am. He still calls me up and asks me what I'm reading and how church went Sunday and he, he, he still wants to be in it a little bit through you, I guess. Right? He is. He is still in it through me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was very, very fortunate to have these two just uh, exemplary pastors to influence my life. Great. So what uh, everyone loves the I love you church when you say that. And uh, people, I've heard people even try to emulate it sometimes. What, what, what are the origins of that or where did that come from? Well, you know, I think it comes in part from those two uh, pastors who modeled loving their church. And uh, and then when I was teaching uh, at Perkins School of Theology for nine and a half years before coming here to Sun Creek, I was helping to uh, teach and train people to be pastors. And uh, as I developed my classes and, and uh courses for the students there, I I tried to ask myself the question, what is the main thing to get across to these uh, seminarians? What is is your main job as the pastor of a church? Because there are lots of different ways to be in ministry. A pastor is a very unique way of being in ministry. And uh, and I finally decided uh, through that reflection that... uh, the number one job a pastor has is to love the people God gives them. And so I had talked about that and, and uh, written some about that over those years. And when I was called by the bishop to leave there and come to Sun Creek, uh, I thought to myself, uh, what, what is the best thing that I have to offer the people of Sun Creek? And I heard my own lesson in my head. And so it really was a wonderful thing. By the time I was here my first Sunday, I really did love this church. And so I just said it that first Sunday. So that was the first time you've used that. I'd never done that at any other church. Wow, I just assumed you've probably used that for years. It just came out because I already felt that strongly about this congregation. And so it just became part of the service now and um, if I forget to say it I hear about it I really think I forgot one service and I must have had 12 people at the end of service what's wrong <laughs> I said what do you mean what's wrong you didn't say it say what you know <laughs> and the, the youth have been off and sung at other churches and they'd come back and say you know their pastor didn't tell them that they love them 
Oh yeah, some kids may not remember other pastors not saying something like that. Yeah. So it it was just kind of a God moment that I think was just my. Uh, Has anyone else uh, asked you if they can use it? No, I don't think. No, so. I don't think so. You might want to patent it or something. Yeah, like three peat or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean it, and I mean it more every week. So it's fun to say it, you know. So, what are some of your favorite things about being a pastor? You know, having the the wonderful experience of teaching at seminary for a while uh, gave me some space to really kind of reflect on that, right? Because even though I was teaching, I was very active. I preached somewhere every, almost every week all through those years. And I was doing baptisms and funerals and weddings and all those kind of things. But as the years went by, I did start to kind of I miss having my own church and so I asked myself why is that what is it that I miss the most and uh, it became clear to me that what I missed the most were the relationships that I had a chance to build with the children and youth of the church I was teaching graduate students which I loved brilliant people with great vision and uh, commitment and uh involved in people's lives in the church that uh, we attended as well as the ones that I traveled to to preach and teach. But uh, there's something about the same people week after week through all the ups and downs that happen in a year or two or three or four uh, that draws you together. And the kids and the youth, I miss the humor, uh, the fun. Uh, They just crack me up and uh, keep you young. I really realized how much I missed that. So uh, I have a great time. This is Vacation Bible School Week, so this is heaven for me. You know, I get to hang out with all these kids. So. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna drop this in September, so oh, people will I'm now. Now that's good. They'll remember Vacation Bible School, right? So yeah. that's good. Yeah. So if we were to pick, or if Pastor Barry, if you were to pick a book of the Bible and say, hey, everybody, this is a good book to uh, start with, or for people who may be beginners at the church or new to, new to church. And they said, hey, if I were going to start somewhere in the Bible, where do you think I should start? Well, I personally would encourage people to start in the Gospel of Mark. It's the uh, believed by most scholars to have been the first written-down version of the Gospel, Uh, It's the shortest, it is uh, the simplest, it's very fast-paced, the word immediately is in there over and over, everything just moves. And it just gives you this broad sweep of this life of this person uh, called Jesus that changed lives and changed the world through that story. It shows the disciples as these wonderfully dense people that couldn't quite figure it out, which is how I feel sometimes, and I think most people feel sometimes. Um, Its focus is on uh, how the power of God is at work through the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. It's not about uh, me, right? It's about what God was up to, what God was doing. Through Jesus, and I think uh, I think if people are going to read 
the Bible for the first time, that is a great story to read because it is, it doesn't take forever, it's quick, but it also whets the appetite. You want to know more about this person. Who was this person? What happened to all these disciples? Did they ever figure it out? Because they don't ever figure it out in Mark. Um, and so then I'd go on to, to Luke probably and you know, some others. But Matthew is my, is my favorite. Matthew or Mark? I mean Mark. I think you meant Mark, me. yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, Mark. yeah, yeah. And then I, I like Acts too. I think Acts is like if you go from Mark to Acts, that shows you what happened after. Yes. And now the disciples take action and start bringing it to the world. It'd be kind of a good one-two punch, don't you think? It would, because that power of God at work in Jesus transforms those disciples into these people that transform, by the end of Acts, the known world to them, right? Right. Uh, Makes them courageous and wise and strong and passionate people. That's that's very good. Very good one-two punch. Good. Well, hey, thanks, Pastor Barry. This has been great. Uh, wonderful stories, great storyteller, so we appreciate it. And I need to thank our super producer, Daniel Ingram, for being here. So thanks, everybody, for listening. And I need to tell you, part two of Pastor Barry is coming up. So you need to tune in to the next podcast that we're dropping in a couple of weeks. Pastor Barry talking about the vision of the church and kind of the State of the Union stuff going on at Sun Creek. So that'll be great, too. So make sure you tune in. Thanks, everybody. We'll catch you later. This is Sun Creek Radio, where your spirit comes to shine. Thank you for joining us today.